1: Co-worker of yours.
3: If you're just tuning in to us right now, you got Sammy and Scraby filling in for Gwen and Chris here on 97.3 The Fan. Chris should be with us here before the end of the hour as long as everything's going okay with his trip to Boise and the Aztecs women's basketball team. But if you've listened to us for, for the first two hours, then you will know. That Sammy and Scraby have been getting a little crazy today, getting a little crazy and admitting things we probably shouldn't admit, and like what? Um, like that I like just our whole entire list, but right there, you know, oh. me being a nerd, I've been saying nerd, and I got in trouble for saying nerd the other day because I I I don't necessarily collect coins, but I look for rare coins. Okay, um, I'm not like trying to find each year. My grandpa gave me a ton of coins.
4: Could I interest you in a number of $1 coins?
3: Like to buy? Probably. I'll just give them to you. How many?
4: Like 13. It'll be sure. $13 worth of coins, sure. which I don't know what to do with.
3: And if it's a rare coin, then I will split okay. the profit I'm with it. I'm going to
4: bring them to you next time I see you because <laughs> it's a long story, but I have like 13 $1 coins. And I don't know what to do with them. I thought about actually bringing them into the bank and saying, can you deposit these in my bank account, which I bet they will do. Oh, yeah, they will.
3: I worked at a bank for seven years. it's
4: just embarrassing. So... It's you, not embarrassing. you better
3: use. You want to know what's embarrassing is uh, back when I was really, really poor, Sam, and living in San Francisco and barely making it, I would deposit change into my account. So mm-hmm. that's embarrassing. But it was what I had to do. I worked at a bank for seven years. Really? So I've seen many embarrassing things. The
4: many lives
3: of Matt Scraby. Oh, I was, uh, I was senior teller wow. and uh, the merchant teller as well, dealing yeah. with about $100,000 in cash per day.
4: And look at you now. The Scraby Show, looking great. Thanks. The year of Scraby.
3: The year of Scraby. Gosh, uh, it's such an
4: it is it's an honor to be in here with you.
3: Okay, all right, we're gonna stop this. From when right I think now. about
4: all the great people I've worked with over okay, the years, all right. it's you, Matt you, Scraby and then everybody like, else.
3: You've worked with like guys like Jesse Agler and Tony Wood Jr. You've worked with guys like Ben and Woods. I am not on that list, Sammy Samuel. Soon Soon. All right. Let's talk about what happened in college football today. Nick Saban retired the other day. I thought they were going to be looking for a coach for a long time, but a guy who was in the Mountain West, I believe, like maybe four years ago or even two years ago, Kalen DeBoer of Washington, is reported to be the next head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. I don't know that he expected this, uh, but I will say one thing is that if you're him and you and you like don't really want to leave your players there or you know walk out on your team this is the job that you do it for. Mm. Alabama is the job. You have every single support role that you can imagine and you've got the name brand of Alabama. So I think this is a great move for him. I don't you know I was looking at his record. Let me go back and uh, I put a little excerpt in here and he's actually had some crazy good success as a head coach. Overall in his head coaching career He is 104 and 12, and he started uh, before he was an assistant at Southern Illinois. He coached at NAIA Sioux Falls, where he went 67 and three. While he was at Washington, he went 25 and three. Yeah. So I I think this is probably a good hire for them.
4: Yeah, look, uh, the numbers, if you just go by record, you're right. I mean, they're great. I mean, obviously, Washington National Championship game uh, this past year had a great team, had a great quarterback and Michael Penix Jr. Yeah. It, It makes total sense. Number one, it's Alabama, which is a better job than Washington. And number two, you don't have Michael Penix coming back. It is time the, 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 timing I think is very fortuitous because you're losing Penix. You've had two great years at Washington. No doubt about it. 11 and two last year. You, you go to the national championship, uh, championship game this year, but Alabama's Alabama. The SEC's the SEC. And look, it's a great job and it's a great opportunity. And you're right. Even going back to Fresno State and even before that, NAIA Sioux Falls, he's had success everywhere he's gone. I'll say this. It's not an easy job replacing Nick Saban. No. I don't know that you want to necessarily be the guy that replaces somebody like a Nick legend? Saban. And here's the other thing. You know, with Bill Belichick, if you want to draw the parallels between them, and and look, I think it's fascinating as a, you know, if you're a football historian, the fact that arguably the greatest coaches in their respective realms in college football and the NFL end up leaving where they had all that success within a span of 24 hours. That is pretty wild. Pretty wild. That is. But at least with Belichick, like if you're, you know, Gerard Mayo, you know, Bills had some rougher years since Brady left, okay? Oh, yeah. It was time. With Saban, now have they won a national championship this past year, the past couple of years? No, but look, they were in the college football playoff. They were still right in the mix, okay? There's been very little drop off there, so that's a tough job to go in there and follow him. And if you don't have immediate success, uh, it, it will not go well. So that's a it's a tough gig. But look, Alabama, if you're Kalen DeBoer, I totally get it. No, no brainer. No brainer,
3: but a tough job. Now, I, it, my first thought was, I kind of, I'm kind of happy that Wash this took. Place now because the Aztecs, you know, hired Sean Lewis, and Sean Lewis is a—he was in the Pac-12 already coaching. So I wonder if Washington would go after a guy like Sean Lewis, but he's already under contract with the, yeah. the Aztecs. So. Well,
4: look—if you know—if you're Sean Lewis, you could have never predicted. No, that, but I know.
3: think Sean Lewis likes where he's at. He seems—he seems to be yeah. very yeah. excited look, about from, the program. From
4: everything you, you hear and you read about, as far as the recruiting's it gone, really nicely. So look, I'm—I'm I'm excited to to watch the Aztecs next year. I'm excited to continue to watch this uh this basketball team which uh continues to play really really well. You know, had a a good win at San Jose State earlier this week, had that great win at Gonzaga. I I've been awfully impressed, you know, with some of the changing names, you know, losing a, a bunch of guys, losing guys like Nathan Mensa uh and a, and a bunch of others to to really not miss a beat as at least as far as the non-conference and the early part of the conference schedule. A uh, pretty impressive job so far by Brian Dutcher, and and speaks to what they built at San Diego State.
3: Do you th- take anything from what Deion Sanders xed out the uh, posted the other day about how the game and its changes, college football, has chased the goat away? Because I I, th- I actually thought about this a lot yesterday, and I do think the game in college football's landscape has changed so much that it's it, it's it's just not it's not conducive for. A long-term success anymore because you have no idea if these players are going to stick around in the big five i'm going to ask about uh texas and their quarterback situation because uh quinn ewers yeah coming he back he's coming back and arch manning right is in the waiting so it's like is it good for him not good for him but the landscape of college football has changed dramatically just in the last like three years i would say
4: it has and going to the uh the 12 team playoff next year I think it makes a lot of sense for Saban. Number one, his age. I think he's seventy-two. Yeah. Um, look, running a college football program at that level is a demanding job. And and I heard part of the interview he did with um who was it that did it with him? Was it Reese Davis? Was it Tom Rinaldi? It was I think it was E.S. Spin. It might have been Reese Davis.
3: I think I mean, It, it sounds about
4: right. Yeah. Um and he talked about that. You know, just the the challenges of like, you know, getting through the grind of it, and it is. Look, they've got the recruiting season, they've got spring ball, they've obviously got the the summer, and then obviously the the, the real season in the fall. Um, so, from that perspective, look, I, I don't think it's a surprise, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if there are two elements of of what college football has become and is becoming that would also contribute to it, number one, in the era of NIL. It's just different. It's a different recruiting game. Um, it's a different set of needs. It's a different set of demands that, that you have to meet, uh, different than it was 20 years ago or, or even when Nick Saban first took over oh at Alabama. Gosh, yeah. It's way different. I could see a coach who's been around as long as he has saying, you know what, this isn't my favorite thing anymore to be dealing with NIL and guys making money, and I'm, I'm not saying that's wrong at all. I support it. Yeah. But I could see from his perspective where it's, you know what, I've had enough. And the other aspect, too, is, look, the 12-team playoff, um, it will be hypothetically easier for an Alabama to get in, but hypothetically harder to win national titles at the regularity that Nick Saban did. That's true. There was there was a great uh, Good
3: point. Good point, Sam. Thank I never you. even thought about that. There was
4: a great nugget that that if if you were an Alabama player and you stayed 4 years every year that Nick Saban coached there, if you came in and you stayed 4 years, you would have won a national title at some point, which is an amazing stat. It may be easier to get in because there's just going to be more teams. And if I had to bet, I bet Alabama more years than not is one of the top twelve. But to win it, arguably, it's going to be tougher. Yeah, it to just win. Is. Yeah,
3: to win uh, to win against, or at least to uh, win him at the regularity. I mean, yeah, he won him. Yeah, you have more games that you have to win now to get to the championship game. Yeah. You just don't need one win
4: and then you're in. I, I heard Ben and Woods talking about it a handful of days ago, and I thought they made a good point. What we're going to see in that playoff, because one of the, the the disappointing elements, I think, so far of the fourteen team playoff has been a lot of these games are not very good. And yeah. uh, for whatever reason, a lot of the matchups are, are not very good, and the games have not been very good. You should get better games with, A, there just being more games in the playoff, and B, there being more teams involved. But what you're also going to get is you're going to get teams really gaining some momentum. Like, maybe a team that's not as good as some of the others – pulling off an upset in the first round of the playoff, and then really, like like we see in the NFL, taking momentum, yep. gaining steam in the playoff, which you really don't have the opportunity to do in a four-team. So... Yeah, I I think for Saban, I think it was probably a a number of factors. Um He's got a
3: pile of money he can go sleep on every yeah, night. And
4: look, it sounds like he's done. I think with these guys, you never quite know. Like in a couple of years, does,
3: does an NFL know, Nick team Saban come up, wanna call
4: Yeah. I you never quite know. He is seventy two, but I know he's he's taken some sort of role at at Alabama where he's still gonna have an office in the building. You never know, but it,
3: it does sound like he's have like you ever seen his office, at Alabama. Yeah, it looks awesome. It's incredible. Like, he has this door button that he can press, and it closes the door for him whenever, like, a student wow. comes in or, like, a player. It's like, come on, sit down. And he presses the door. <laughs> so I had
4: read that they that they had cleaned out the office already, and I saw Whoa. somebody – well, maybe this was uh, something on Twitter that wasn't true. But I I'm sure. I saw somebody on Twitter write that they shouldn't touch the office. Like, keep the office as it is.
3: I kind of like, like that. Like, literally
4: put it behind glass. I kind of right? like, like that. Make it like a museum yeah, stop or something. Yeah, and he's important enough to college football and the program where that's not crazy. And go build the new coach or put him in another office.
3: Yeah, because they ha- he won seven national championships, which is the or most. if he's
4: going to keep the role, why not just keep him in in that office?
3: That's a good point. But may, but because maybe then that's... the next coach won't have the button yeah, for the door. Well, and but then... maybe may you
4: don't want saving. I'll tell you that. For DeBoer as well, as we talk about like what makes it tough. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that will be hard to have Nick Saban actually around still, that athletic
3: department. All depends what if things on aren't going not, well? It depends on whether or not Nick Saban we really is about staying being, out right, of it. What,
4: we talk about it being done. Would he even be done from Alabama? What's to say they're not taking steps back the next couple of years and Nick says, all right, I'm going to. Come back for a few more years and straighten this thing out.
3: That's not a crazy thought, no. And you can't, you can't. Yeah, that is it. because DeBoer is coming in, and he's going to have to win immediately. There's no transition period for an Alabama football coach. You just don't have that luxury, and so we'll see. We'll see. This guy was just a, with Fresno State. Like, he, he, I think I saw Ben tweet from Fresno State to Alabama in, in, a, f- in a blink, three,
4: four years. Yeah. I mean, actually, you look at. So he was at NAIA um, Sioux Falls. Is that NAIA or am I just. No, no uh, that?
3: yeah, NAIA okay. Sioux Falls.
4: So he's there until 09. Then he was in Division I football. He was at Southern Illinois as uh, an offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach for a few years. Put it this way he was an offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. I'm not sure which came first at Eastern Michigan in 2016. In less than a decade, he's the head coach replacing Nick Saban at Alabama. Uh, DeBoer's only
3: forty-nine; it's pretty good. That is pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, in Alabama's hiring a guy that they want to be there for the next fifteen. He's a 20 South years.
4: Dakota native, born and raised in Milbank, South Dakota. Sounds. Awful. You ever been there? No, I've never been to Millbank. Well, I've never been to South Dakota in general. I've been a lot of places. I've never been to South Dakota. I've got friends from South Dakota.
3: Is that where, that's where Mount Rushmore is, right? South Dakota? Yes. I need to go there one day. I need to drive through some South Dakota. I've been to North Dakota. I know. To, where does he live? It doesn't matter. Nobody. Cares. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We just got to comment. I know comment. at least one person. Someone's, I guess, catching up on the countdown, but they love the Outdoor Boys. Yes. So you are. you're getting lots of love on I'm the Outdoor you. Boys I'm, over when there. When I said
4: that, there are definitely people out there that watch this guy's videos.
3: I'm sure. I mean, they got 68 million views. I'm sure. You, that, don't, you don't watch YouTube? Uh, when I'm learning Photoshop or Premiere. Okay.
4: Sometimes I do, but not... Well, I I do that stuff, too. Like, I just got these two new uh, microphones, uh, these wireless mics for lavaliers. phone. Ooh, lavaliers? You can attach a lav to it, but they're wireless. They plug into your phone. They clip. There are two of them. So I was looking up how to use those. So I I do the same thing with the YouTube videos. Those are much better than any instruction manual there is. You
3: know what I actually do watch now? It just hit me. I watch... I'm a plain... Enthusiast, an aviation enthusiast. And so I watch really difficult landings and really uh, watch videos from the cockpit of the plane as they're, like, landing in London or something like that. Mm. And now we're going to go to break because I feel self-conscious. I know that Jesse did, Agler is a big aviation guy, yeah. too. Did so. you
4: guys talk about that that door that flew off the plane?
3: We did not, but my dad that was coming like home from— like a big
4: five topic.
3: It does. My dad <laughs> was coming home from Minnesota last night, and they had to cancel his plane, one of his planes, because it was that 737 MAX. Really? Um. Yeah. The the. Wait. Is that a thing that they're now they're, canceling they, flights with that? Yeah. Because model of plane. Yes. Because they don't want the door to fly off in the middle of the 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 flight. Could you imagine? I, no. I I'm not I, scared of
4: flying at I all. I saw interviews of people on the flight. I did not see. I want to hear from the
3: person that was sitting no, in the row. I don't think that person will ever speak of it again because it was that terrifying. Imagine? No, oh, I, can't. I can't. I can't. Uh, The Giants. I'm I'm glad
4: everybody was all right.
3: Yeah, me too. Me too. The Giants, the San Francisco Giants, that is, they have signed a new pitcher. Jordan Hicks. Interesting the way they want to use him. We'll tell you how much he's getting paid and what he's going to do when we get back on 97.3 The Fan. Sammy and Scraby.
1: When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply.
2: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today.
3: Sammy Lev in studio dancing on the cameras right now for YouTube. Just search 97.3 The Fan. Oh, can't again. figure out that mute button though over there. <laughs> Cannot figure out the mute button. You know, I do that a lot during pre
4: and post game. Do you? but Sometimes, if I forget, sometimes I'll pull up the
3: major league scoreboard, uh-huh. and then the automatic oh. ads will play. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's annoying. Like, ESPN does that all the time. And I sometimes have those playing in the background. It's annoying. Mm. I've also been eating
4: during the break. <laughs> that's fine. I gotta, Although,
3: you, I do make, I do give Chris a hard time about eating during the break, so I well, guess I should have given you a hard time. Yeah, and I eating. ate like these... Uh, These little rice cake things. Yeah, not ideal for
4: radio. Scrapey. You're not the only one that's trying to better themselves in 2024 and look good. I'm trying to do the same thing. Well, you're on your way with your electrolytes. I'm trying to show up to spring training in the best shape of my life.
3: You're trying to impress the players. You want to get an invite or something? No, I just I gotta look good. I gotta look better. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I people know. I this is not a secret. But I'm I grew up very self conscious about what I look like, mm. like very self conscious to the point where it was debilitating. Not debilitating. That's a strong word. But to the point where I was worried about things that I was wearing in mm. school and stuff like that.
4: Well, you look good.
3: Thank you. Uh, over time. I have definitely faded on that because, you know, there's a certain point where mean comments just don't get to you anymore.
4: No. I get a lot of well I get a lot of nice comments too, but my my TikTok and Instagram comments, they can they can be a little mean.
3: Wait, oh, first off, I just forgot that well, we never looked at your sunset videos. We don't need to. Uh go to Sam Lev's <laughs> Sammy Love's TikTok and go look at these sunset videos. We never talked about that. We went to break with it, but um People are saying mean things to you on TikTok? Like what are they what are they attacking? Um Yeah, you get mean comments. And to be honest,
4: I think I get more mean comments on Instagram than than I do TikTok. Interesting. Yes. Why do you think that is? Um I don't know. I don't know. But my my the way I deal with them cuz I do see them cuz I do look at a lot of comments and I do reply to a lot of comments. The way I deal with them is I just do laughing emojis. (laughs) So I'm just laughing them off. Don't take them too personally. Just literally, once in a while, I don't always do it, but I just put laughing emojis and that's it.
3: You know, I will say that I've looked up to Sam and his way that he handles that stuff because I am not as good at that. I let things bother me. But Chance on the chat is saying, yeah, who cares what other people think? Yeah. It's yeah that's good and all but when you see a comment and it catches you in the right mood yeah. it does no, you're right. make you get a little angry or something yeah. I just don't I just don't like to feed into that because it's there's no there's no point Yeah there's no point Well anyway back to you're looking good
4: Scrapey. <laughs> I'm I am like I'm I'm I'm, I'm so complimentary of Matt Scraby today.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, loving it, I guess. Yeah, because come on. full beard, good head of hair. Full yeah, good head of hair. You're a scraby. Actually someone told me in the camera they said, Hey, whenever you bend over to like or lean over to like turn off the cameras for the break, I could see your top of your head and you got some hair, kid. Uh, scraby. I i you know, I don't <laughs> you got a great you got a great hairline. Okay. I'm noticing from this angle. Thank you. Thank you. It's all I got. It's all I got, Sam. It's all I got. It's all I got. (laughs) You know, Tony, I I make up for Chris and Tony on the show because both of them have, uh, you know, this is nothing new. They have suspect hairlines. So... Moving on from that one before Chris <laughs> yeah. logs on and hears it. All right, before break, we said that the Giants signed another pitcher. That would be Jordan Hicks. Yes. He's coming from the Blue Jays, but I think he was a Cardinal at one point uh, as well. But he signed for four years, $44 million, uh, $44 million to be, I guess, a setup guy. He, he, is, he can be a closer. He can well, be a starter. But they already have Camillo Duvall with the Giants, and he's a really good closer. So I don't see him taking over that, that spot.
4: Well, look, this is interesting because when this news initially came out, and I want to make sure I get the the tweet right. So this was Jeff Passan when he reported this earlier today. Right-hander Jordan Hicks and the San Francisco Giants are in agreement on a four-year, $44 million contract. Source familiar with the deal tells ESPN. Here was the interesting part. Hicks is expected to work as a starter after spending the majority of his career in the bullpen. So that's interesting for two reasons number one he's been a back end of the bullpen guy he throws really hard Let's that's like, really hard yes like he's hit 104 yeah okay yeah he is a flamethrower so the idea that he'll be a starter and how he'll utilize that stuff that velocity that repertoire i i i'm interested to see it um the the Giants need starting pitching, so it makes sense from that perspective. But this is a guy that started eight games in 2022. To be honest with you, I, I'd have to look it up as we're talking here and see were those real starts, were those I mean, more I'll open, look, were look. those more opener type deals? Like I, I have to do a little bit of research. It seems a little odd to me. Now, the interesting thing is from a contract perspective, you know, I would say for Jordan Hicks, he's somebody who's always had a lot of talent obviously always has thrown hard for a while i think there was a question of of whether he'd like totally put it together because his numbers in 21 and 22 weren't great his numbers last year between St. Louis and Toronto were okay pretty good uh after the trade to the Blue Jays 263 ERA and 25 appearances so he's he was good um it's an interesting deal because if he is an effective starting pitcher then 4 years at 40 something millions a really good deal if he's a sort of okay reliever, then a you know ten eleven million dollars a year is kind of a lot. Now, if he's an elite back end reliever, then that's still
3: probably a pretty good deal. Um, the most he's pitched, or the most he pitched last year, number of innings was two. That was the max. Yeah. See it I, again. Well, let me see. In twenty twenty two,
4: when he had these starts,
3: oh, he had the starts in twenty twenty two. Oh, had, let me look. Let me, look. Let
4: let me see look. here. He had. So he started. No, you know what? Uh, well, these don't. Some of them were two, three innings. But he has he had a five inning, yeah, outing, five innings, four and, four and a third, third yeah. pitch wise. We're looking this up in real time: eighty two, sixty eight, seventy seven. So there, there was clearly, and again, we weren't paying super close attention to what the Cardinals were doing to Jordan Hicks. So we apologize, <laughs> but he, he, they did try. It looks like in April and May to stretch him out. So it won't be the first time that somebody's had that idea with him. So it's not a crazy idea. It will be a great deal for the Giants if they can turn him into a good quality, even middle of the rotation type of starting pitcher. Again, the interesting part of it is he's always been labeled as that flamethrower back into the bullpen, sort of ideally your closer type of guy. How that translates into really making him a starter, I don't know. But Interesting. I'm. Uh, that, that's an intriguing storyline for San Francisco.
3: Uh, the Giants also traded for Robbie Ray, who's going to miss the first half of the year recovering from Tommy John. So they're slating, from what I'm gathering from the stuff I'm reading, is that they're slating for Robbie Ray to join the rotation at number two when he's ready. So it, maybe Jordan Hicks is just like a bridge guy over until Robbie Ray gets there? Or Well, that's a good point because Duvall's been
4: great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. Um, this well, is a story
3: we're just going to have to watch. Yeah,
4: I'm sorry. You know what? I, I misconstrued what you said with the Robbie Ray part of it. Um, well, he's not going to be ready for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a good question, Scraby. I don't know if this is going to be like a start of the season type thing, and maybe if he doesn't do well, you can always transition him to the bullpen. I do understand that part of it. Like, you know what? Let's try to let's try to stretch him out and make him a starter. And if it's not working, then we revert back to, a, hey, you throw 100 miles an hour, go be back into the bullpen guy. That's a gamble. I get that. But, yeah, it, it's, it, it becomes at some point, if he's not a great back into the bullpen type reliever, not a great contract. If he's a a, a really, really good back into the bullpen guy and or. A good starting pitcher and it's a really good deal but intriguing.
3: Well now the Giants have back to back flame throwing pitchers if they want. uh, Bob Melvin's
4: thing to figure out now.
3: It is his thing to figure out. We'll leave it to him. We are going to head to break. When we get back we have the Big Five and I have a question for us that is about the PGA Tour tournament that comes to town the Farmers Insurance Open so stick around for that. We'll do the Big Five when we get back. Sammy and Scravey filling in for Gwen and Chris on 97.3 The Fan. Figure it out, Sam. Just realized I don't have a number four. This is quite a...
4: Oh, sorry. I did it again with my laptop. This is um, this is quite a... I feel like this is some sort of techno. Like, I should be like...
3: What? Catch me. I? <laughs> you know I do. Oh, my gosh. I do. I don't know if oh, that's the word. it's not. But, yes, I know what you're talking about. And it does kind of sound like that. Catch
4: me until i <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is great that is actually great because uh i i um i've definitely heard that before and you are right i don't know where that uh... came from to be honest i don't know where it came from uh sammy and gravy here filling in for gwyn and chris on 97.3 the fan we're about to do the big five just got a text from chris he's on the runway in boise oh they had a little bit of a uh, delay so he may not be able to join mm. us today so we'll see but we still got the big five. We still got uh, Michael King at 540. Oh, right. And then the Scraby Show. That was a good PM.
4: interview. I'm looking forward to uh,
3: hearing that again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that, Sam. And without further ado... We'll get into the big five, but first, your traffic report. Old man winter here. If I had it
2: my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here?
0: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived.
2: Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places but well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like t-mobile we have america's largest 5g network so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop we have the 5g speed you need whatever takes you on the go t-mobile's got you covered Find out more at tmobile.com/slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know
1: the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You
2: are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
4: It's that time of the show when we check on the latest in sports. Only the most important topics and questions are brought to light. Stop what you're doing and listen. These news stories will astound and amaze you. The one. The only. <laughs> Oh, my God. Who the hell
3: cares? The Big Five starts now on 97.3 The Fan. On the YouTube chat, we got a check-in from Jersey. Wanted to say Jersey City. New York, Mike, NY Mike 8. All right. Shout-out to Mike. Joining us from... Jersey City. Joeyzie. I'm probably just annoying him at this point by saying Joeyzie. So let me get into it. Number 5. You are you're a Long Island guy.
4: Yes, and okay. I I hate when people when I say I'm from Long Island and they're like
3: Long Island. Long Island. Why do you hate that? Isn't because that how it's supposed to be said? It's not how people talk. Long Island. Long Island. Okay. Well, I will not say that if I ever go to Long Long Island. <laughs> uh, let's get into the big 5. And it was the golf one that I was teasing earlier. I thought about this on the golf course yesterday, and I wanted to get your thoughts, Sam. Currently, the Farmers Insurance Open is a yearly PGA Tour tournament. The U.S. Open has been at Torrey twice and produced one legendary finish between Tiger Woods and Rocco Mediate. The USGA has said in the past they don't like to use yearly tour stop courses as U.S. Open courses. So... Sam, would you rather have a yearly Farmers Insurance open and no majors or a US Open every 10 years but no yearly Pro hmm. Golf tournament? Um obviously I'm not the
4: expert on this, but
3: just as like a as a San um,
4: as a San Diego. Like um I guess I'd rather have the Farmers Insurance open every year because it's a fairly big tournament still. Yeah. It's a beautiful use for the course. It gives it a a big tournament feel year after year. I think I would much rather that than every 10
3: years you have one
4: big major.
3: Yeah. What do I think? I think, I mean, the Farmers Insurance Open is great, and it does have lots of big-name golfers. But I will say, Liv has cut into the PGA Tour, Mm. and I don't know – where this tournament is going in the future. So if they were to ask me, sign a contract for one of these today, I would sign a contract with the major mm. because I don't know where the PGA Tour is going to be in four or five years. But once every 10 years, that's That's, that's a long usually time. the rotation that, that, it's, that in some courses go. I, I think Pebble Beach is like almost once every eight years mm. at this point. But, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad that this is going down what, like this. When is the
4: last time they've had the U.S. Open at Tory Pines?
3: Oh, like two or three years ago? So so they do use... It's only happened twice. 2008 was the first one, and then I think it was 2020, maybe. Uh, no, so not that's... 20. It was maybe 21, hmm. I think it was here. twenty. I can't remember the exact year, but it was a good tournament. John, around one. Um, it was kind of... I think they had to do some of those, like, you. they couldn't give out as many tickets as you wanted because of the COVID stuff. Yeah. I may be making that up, but the chat will let me know real mm, quick if I am making okay. that up. All right. Let's go Number four. to the Texas question. Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers has announced he is going to stay at Texas and forgo the NFL draft for this year. Texas fans love it, but fans of Arch Manning do not love it. He was a freshman this year and was the third-string quarterback, but the current second-string quarterback just uh, transferred to Duke, so Arch Manning is most likely hands-down number two now. Um, First, do you think this is beneficial for him? I was talking to someone about this the other day, so this is funny this comes out now. But I'm really excited to see what Arch Manning can do. Yeah. I, I don't really know why, because it, he's just a you know a, a relative of Peyton and Eli. But I really want to see what he could do. And I thought this was kind of a weird, not weird move for Quinn Ewers, because he's probably not ready for the NFL. He needs it's his spot. But I feel like there's kind of a fire burning under him because Arch Manning is what people want to see. I think it's good for Arch Manning, though, in the end. He's going to get more time to learn. He's going to get more time to figure out the college level. And I think this is going to be beneficial. If I'm
4: Arch Manning or Arch Manning's people and I believe he is an absolute star, then I'm staying at Texas if I have that that true belief. Because then you sit behind yours for one more year. If he gets hurt, you'll play. Not wishing him to get hurt, but that's yeah. what would happen. Yeah. You can sit behind him one more year, develop. And if you, in your junior year, which you got to play anyway, go out and have a huge year, you're going to the NFL with a top pick regardless, right? One one year and done, you will be an NFL top pick. If Arch Manning is who a lot of people think he is. So if you're confident that you can go one more year without playing and still be that guy your junior year, which you may be, then and I think you stay because to me, well, you know, so you can go to another big program and, and play unless unless Arch Manning and, and his people think that that's a better way for him to ultimately be the best college quarterback he's going to be, which might be the case. Yeah. Um, I would stay if I were. I think I would, too. Like, if you're confident in your ability, and you're confident in your ability to play one year and and step to that kind of level, yeah, then, then I stay.
3: And it's also a good call for Quinn Ewers and, because there's a really good draft class this yeah, year. And, and by he the might way, get put right. into, like, the fifth or sixth quarterback drafted.
4: And the Arch Manning part of it. If you Let's say you play your junior year and it doesn't go quite the way you want. Or let's say even from a draft status perspective, you're not where you want. You could always play one more and play your senior year and still be a big-time draft pick the next year. So, yeah, I don't know, though. But to sit behind a guy for two seasons when you're that kind of prospect...
3: I feel like Arch Manning, and I don't know him at all, obviously, and I don't know anything about him other than that he plays football and he's the nephew of Peyton. Yeah. I feel like Arch Manning has a really good head on his shoulders. and he, You know him? I, exactly. That's why I said all that. But he, he says the right things when he's asked about him, and so that tells me a little bit. I mean, I, he's grown up with uber-famous well uncles. Right, and, and
4: that's a part of it, too. Like, if there's a family... A group of people that were able to help him make that decision of what he should do right now—if he should stay at Texas or go somewhere else—I would people. I would trust the likes of Peyton and Eli and his dad and Cooper, uh, yeah, and uh, Archie. Oh, Manning, the, f- the first Archie, the yeah, the the grandpa. Yes, the grandpa. well, that's Eli and Peyton's dad. His yes, name's Archie, he played, right? yeah played. Yes, yes, his name is Archie. You got you're in the right spot.
3: Yeah, so I, I trust so.
4: them. Whatever they think, I trust. Number
3: three. The NBA is trying to curb load management, and they paid someone to study it, actually. The, this person came out with a 57-page report. It was distributed this week, and the report was produced by Dr. Christina Mack, which is, who is an epidemiologist and chief scientific officer at IQVIA Injury Surveillance and Analytics. Her report concluded these findings, quote, res- results, whoa. results from these analyses do not suggest that missing games for rest or load management or having longer breaks between game participation reduces future in-season injury risk, the the report says, in bold type in its summary. In addition, injury rates were not found to be higher during or immediately following periods of a dense schedule. The report, the report said that remained true, even when factoring in things like player age, minutes played and in injury history. But many people on social media are, liking, are wanting to point out and remind everyone this was performed and paid for by the NBA, this study. So, mm. Sam... Do you believe the results of this study? Um,
4: sure. <laughs> I, I get, I get the the idea that it was, you know, paid for by the NBA, maybe making people skeptical. But I don't think it's a crazy idea that that the back to backs the the sitting guys actually doesn't do a whole lot to preventing them from getting injured to world-class athletes and maybe load management is something that's more made up you know the, the thing though and I wonder if this study covered it like is there a degree though of freshness that guys keep throughout a season
3: I don't know but sure I'll believe it Um, I I don't really believe it I I, I think that they're probably telling some sort of truth But this is the NBA funding and, And bringing forth Findings that they can Quite honestly Tell the woman to look into something different The doctor Look into this instead of this I don't know I'm just too conspiracy minded Are you questioning Adam Silver's Integrity Yes Wow. Not Adam Silver's integrity. <laughs> I guess it would be his integrity. I, I just don't know that well, look, this study can come. It, this, this study needs to come from an independent source. It can't be paid for by the NBA.
4: You're definitely right in the sense of the results of the study back up what the NBA wants, and that's less guy sitting.
3: Yeah, yeah, basically, time. basically is what it is. They don't want people not to play, which right. I understand. Right. I which, do. by the
4: way, uh, has been better this year. And also, it's not only what the NBA has done; it's now the the new rules that you have to play a certain number of games yes. to qualify for postseason awards. I think also qualify for first team, second team, third team, All NBA. So guys have a, a real incentive now to to play, and they do, you know, and not just sit to sit. That is true. But again, are they sitting to sit, or does it actually do something beneficial? I think beneficial? for some
3: of them, it definitely
4: is beneficial. I would the think older it guys, does. I would think it
3: does. That's why I'm a little skeptical. But
4: we'll i have to read there. the report.
3: Get okay. me the report. In the okay. Break. You're going to you, 57 pages in break. Yeah, I'm going to okay. read through it. <laughs> okay. Number two. Uh, I was just looking at this quarterback playoff rankings list on CBS Sports, and I was actually very surprised who they put at number one for the playoffs the number one quarterback in the playoffs and i'm not i'm not just saying this because he's my guy but brock purdy was ranked number one out of all the playoff quarterbacks so the question is who do you think is number one i'll go first it's not brock purdy wait what brock Pur- they said yes look get- Holmes is in the playoffs well he's not been playing well this year oh stop. he's not been playing stop. well this year yeah, they say, they're saying that Brock Purdy is the number one. Oh, and stop. Then you got uh, oh, George, stop. Jackson that's at ridiculous. number four. Lamar Jackson at number four. What?
4: Hold on. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes at number three. You got Lamar. You've got Josh Allen. You've got Patrick Mahomes. You could even make an argument for Dak. Jalen Hurts. You could make an argument. Yeah, for Hurts, you could make an argument. I mean, I know Purdy's been really good. But th- I, I would assume without Matthew reading Stafford. it that they're talking about, like, the way they're playing right now.
3: Oh yeah, it's that's it's about well. It, here's please. the quote: The kid does everything well from inside the pocket, but he's also got the slippery legs and high level confidence to escape traffic and sling it downfield. It's no wonder his team is favored to go the distance. But he's number one. I don't agree with it. I think Lamar Jackson's the number one player in, or quarterback yeah, in that's the playoffs. Forget, that, they,
4: uh, forget the Mahomes part and Allen.
3: If we're talking about
4: guys, how they're playing right now. How is Lamar Jackson not number 1? I don't know.
3: Yeah, that's, that's why that's silly. why I brought it because even I can say that Brock Purdy is you know, not the the number 1. You know the 49ers are my Super Bowl pick. Really? Yes. I'm not one who thinks of jinxes or anything like that, so I will take it. Who no. are they going to beat? Mm, how about the Bills? <laughs> I would take that. I would take that. Wow, you you made you, you, that was a little bit of a uh, um, a bold statement by picking the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. Why? Because of how they've played this year. Eh. All right, last one. Number one. Eagles are in trouble. They have lost uh, their one in five in their last six games, but I read an article from the Philadelphia Inquirer this morning saying that Nick Sirianni is on the hot seat. They lose this game. He's fired, in his opinion. Sam, do you think he should be on the hot seat, Nick Sirianni?
4: Um, no, I don't, but I think there are some... Likely other factors at play, potentially, in the sense of Bill Belichick's available, mm-hmm. Mike Rabel's available. Mm-hmm. I could see a scenario where if they finish as poorly as they played lately, if there's another coach that wants to come in, a big coach of Rabel, a Belichick, Pete Carroll, I could see them saying, you know what? Nick, you've done a nice job here, but we can do better. You know what? you That'd be tough, though, because basically the only blemish would be the last two months.
3: Yeah. You, you actually explained that perfectly. Circumstances are going to take him yeah. down before his performance takes him down. Uh, you know what
4: I think about the Eagles right now? You think Oh, Bucks are they think cru- they're, they're trash. gonna crush the Eagles.
3: Hammer the Bucks, hammer Sammy the bucks. Love said during Faker. the Daily Gambit. He wanted to hammer the spread hammer on the Bucks. When we get back, we'll maybe talk about more hammering of the spread of the Bucks, but we'll most likely just catch you up on what the Padres news was for today and other news around sports on 97.3 The Fan.